I'm Zack Snyder. And I'm Aiden Matthews. And welcome back to another YouTube podcast. The one-stop shop for anything and everything related to YouTube. The show where Aiden, uh, prior to recording this, uh, got a box of old Skylanders that are now <laughs> on my shelf. Which is a, which is a, a statement I never thought I would say, uh, given that they are bad. <laughs> so... Skyliner's pretty uh stinky doo-doo. Yeah. Yeah. But like for yeah. for for the year or so that those games were were hyped up and and being released, they were they were a big deal. And nowadays it's just <laughs> like, oh, great. There's like a Donkey Kong Skylander and a fucking Bowser <clears throat> one and oh no. The villain is voiced by the same actor from Billy and Mandy, like <laughs> like Oh no. Like Billy's voice. This is this that's what the villain sounds That's like. That's the villain? Yeah. Billy? Yeah. Oh. No. And he, it's the same voice. So, just in a, in a villain context. and It's unfortunate. Let me just tell you. Those those whole games yeah. are unfortunate. I, sh- yeah. I should make a video about them someday, but I'll... I'd have to buy them again and get footage and... Huh. I don't know about that. It doesn't sound... Doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. It's yeah. not. But it was pre-Amiibo, before, like, Amiibos were a thing. So, like, the idea was cool. This is true. And it's this not like Amiibo really added a whole lot to the to idea. It was just like, oh, Nintendo characters. So I'm like, oh, cool. Just like, oh, better characters. And there you have it. I like figures. <laughs> like, you know, fuck it. I'll put it yeah, on my shelf. They're dope. But then, then you then you want to collect them, and then they're expensive. And then, right. then you got to find places to put them, and... They're like I stocking stuffers. They're like little for... birthday gifts. They're not. Yeah. They're not sure. something you go out of your way to like hunt down or whatever. They work See, better that way. You say that, but if I was like, if I really wanted to go out and get some amiibos, like that would be what I'd do. I'd be some of them are cheaper person. now. Like the demand definitely isn't as high anymore as it used to be. Yeah. So, but uh, we're not actually talking about <laughs> Skylanders and Amiibo Damn. today. Unfortunate. Uh, oh man, I was today, looking forward to it. Today we're actually going to be talking about branding on on the YouTube podcast, which is uh, was surprising to me because we had never actually talked about it before on the podcast. It, it's pretty pivotal to anybody's like content creator life. Like, you gotta have to have a brand. So, and I feel like we've talked around the subject a lot. Right, we've brought it up before, but we've never like done an entire episode on just branding. And I think that'd be fun because I feel like a lot of people like in the Discord could really use some information about that. So hopefully this is a a value-packed episode on branding. But before we get into that, it's time for my actual favorite segment. It's not not your week on YouTube. It's not the topic. It's the ad read. My my favorite. I love it so much. Let me tell you. Who is our sponsor today? Let me tell you. Our sponsor today is... Who could it be? <gasps> the Awesome Creator Academy? Wow. Oh, heck yeah. A dude. shock. A shock for sure. <laughs> Rattled me to my very core. Uh, but our sponsor today is the Awesome Creator <sighs> Academy with the YouTube Starter Kit. If you're getting started on YouTube and you have a little bit of money to throw around, uh, maybe don't buy all the Skylanders and instead check out the YouTube Starter Kit. For $99, you get over $1,500 of value and dozens of downloads from templates for advanced YouTube thumbnails, 
channel artwork, end cards, lower thirds, royalty-free background music, fonts, and more. Wow. It's like having your own little... (laughs) It's like having your own little portal of power. Only instead of <laughs> Skylander characters, it's it's actual YouTube graphics that can help you along the way. It's wonderful. This is true. Yeah. Pay, pay one price and have unlimited access to future downloads as they come out. Check out the link in the description or the show notes. And in doing so, you'll be supporting another YouTube podcast. This is this is very true. But I know there is a chance. Maybe you don't have $100. But you still want to support the podcast. Well... I'm glad I'm glad you're wondering how on earth you can do that. How? How do I do it? It's pretty simple. You just become a supporter of a- our Anchor podcast by going to anchor.fm slash another dash YouTube dash podcast. You can decide to support us financially at $1, $5, or $10 a month. And we'll even read your name on the podcast. How wild is that? Incredible. The amount of value of us reading your name on a podcast. <laughs> Picture it. Picture in your head how epic that would be. You're picturing it? All right. Now, just, it could just, be real. If you just, it could be. If you just pay <laughs> any of those amounts. Yeah. That's it. That's our ad read. Wow. How we do this week? I, I'd give say. Us our, give us our IGN score. I'd say. Uh, mm, I'm going to give it like a, a 7.263. Honestly. Okay, okay. Yeah. You're giving us the J the Zoomster score. Yeah, the arbitrary number with like three decimal points of extra shit that they no really no didn't reason. add much to it, but you know, it sounds it sounds more important <laughs> than it actually is. So it do be sounding more important, I have to agree. Seven's just an easy number to give to because it means I don't like have to actually give criticism one way or another. You can just say it's a seven and it's you know it kind of absolves <laughs> you from actually reviewing the thing. That's true. So, thank you, thank you, IGN, for making that a reality for me. But yeah, thanks to uh, Awesome Creator Academy and Anchor, as always, for supporting the podcast. All that stuff will be in the show notes or the description box below. You can check it out. There are ten epic. out of ten. Not even a not even a nine. A ten. Absolutely. How much value you're getting? Ooh, it's insane. But let's talk about let's talk about branding. Branding. Welcome to business class. I'm your <laughs> So when I'm you your get teacher. your when you get your first cow, right? Yeah. <laughs> you have to go to the to the uh mm-hmm. to the fire and get that piece of metal. Yeah. And uh and and that's how you brand a cow. Oh. I thought you were referring to first cow is in the film and not okay but that makes uh, more sense you uh <laughs> i like i like where you went with yeah. it because i was confused for a solid five seconds at least <laughs> let me tell you i was i was lost up here for sure. i was fucking confused but uh yeah branding b-r-a-n-d-i-n-g in case you wanted to know how it was spelled you're welcome uh, but branding is just sort of like one of those like ethereal kind of concepts where like people don't really like know what it means. It just kind of just kind of throws it around in their in their in their business uh, TikTok account. Yeah, their lingos. Where, where it just sounds like a word that, mm-hmm. that means a lot more than it is. How would you, in the simplest way possible, define oh, branding in, in, a, in a real world sense? 
So, like, in a real-world sense, and in the current year, uh, everybody has a brand. Mm -hmm. And all that is, is it's, like, a reputation online. Yeah. Like, that's how I would describe it. That's that's a really good way of describing it, actually. It's, uh, the basic idea is that if you are a content creator or a businessman or a public figure a speaker, right? Like you have some sort of involvement uh, in the public in one form or another, whether you're selling something or you're an entertainment person or whatever. The idea of a brand is that feeling associated uh, with you, whether that brand Mm -hmm. is funny, comedic, reliable, consistent, uh, or if your branding is awful, Something like <laughs> EA's branding, which is Satan, uh, stinky, <laughs> poo-poo, you know. Disgusting. So it's like one way or another, the brand, how you're branded is how people feel about you and uh, how, to, how to establish a brand, how to manage a brand, going through ups and downs in branding and stuff. It's a whole big world out there that like you could probably actually like get a degree on. So don't expect this to be like a, a one-stop, 100% course like <laughs> on everything related to branding. This is very much branding from the perspective of two YouTube content creators who have not in any way, shape, or form mastered it. <laughs> this is this is entirely true. It, it's like, if you remember high school and like there was a bunch of clicks and everything... And like each click kind of had their own thing. Like you knew exactly what they were, what they stood for, what they were about. Like you're basically bringing that high school mentality into your online presence mm-hmm. and trying to show exactly like what you're about, what you stand for and, and whatever that is, like that's up for you to not only establish yourself, figure out for yourself, but to portray it to the masses. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to convey it in a way that makes sense to everybody else. Whether and that's in like a, a visual way, whether that's with with audio or video or a written word or whatever it may be, that's kind of how, how branding works. Because figuring out your branding is really like the first step in a series of steps where like everything from marketing to how you present yourself uh, how you're viewed in the public eye, all of that comes from being able to have a recognizable and establishable brand. And uh, there are definitely people throughout all of history, celebrities, political figures, all sorts of them, that have really like mastered branding as a whole. And they got to a lot of places a lot quicker than they might otherwise have been, uh, for better or for worse. But like, again, okay. keep it real simple here. If, if you don't understand any of that, basically... Branding is your reputation and the feeling associated uh, with you or your product or whatever. But that's that's the baseline definition and everything. Uh, back in the day, here's a here's a quick question that I probably know the answer to. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in the day, would you would you say that the uh, the Sabijan Games had a had a had a recognizable and uh, and uh, and followable brand? <laughs> Let me let me think about no. <laughs> what? You're telling me high school no. and college Zach wasn't thinking about the branding of his LOL funny let's play channel? No. This is a shock. I mean, 
it's not that I wasn't thinking about it because I, I think there was there was a certain point where I was like, you know, working on thumbnails to a certain extent and trying to make sure that like all of my social media had the exact same name and you know a lot of the a lot of what we would call branding 101 kind of things mm-hmm. um like those were there but to say that it was recognizable and good or consistent, um, <laughs> consistent or anything like that would be uh Malarkey, in the words of of Joe Biden, <laughs> Democratic nominee Joe Biden, <laughs> who who actually I'm glad that you brought up because his brand is part of the reason why he's even in a position of power. And, and look yeah, at him, like yeah. that's a guy who probably, in terms of of experience, isn't exactly well up there, but his brand of Obama but white has gotten him to a lot of places and that that's worked out for him and has really carried him past a lot of potential pitfalls for sure. This is, this is unfortunately true. Yeah. But unfortunately for yeah. Mr. Biden's brand, he, he says things that dumb things that uh, kind of ruin that brand image <laughs> for sure. It's where he might be getting more of the, the Alzheimer's 80 year old in a retirement home kind of, kind of branding and image for sure. Yeah. But, like, for, for you, like, so if Subijin Games didn't really have any of that, when would you say would be, like, the first project, I guess, uh, whether on YouTube or anywhere else otherwise, where you had thought about, like, a consistent idea from the beginning about, like, how to brand and building a brand? Well, branding is one of those things where it's, like, it's ideal if you can think of it from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we're talking about newcomers in the content creation game, branding is not necessarily going to be first and foremost on that like docket. Mm. Obviously, there's a lot of things that we've talked about in the podcast. It's arguably a little bit more important if you're just getting started, which is things like, you know, figuring out exactly what you want to do to begin with, which means experimentation, which means branding is probably not going to be consistent at the beginning because you're trying a lot of different things i know that was i know that has always been like kind of a situation for me is i'm always trying too much to make the branding work but i I think it was probably when i i had i thought about branding probably around 2017 when i started getting more serious about youtube um but it was when i created the Zack snyder productions channel and started putting things together in a more coherent and understandable way, that was when I had finally started understanding branding as a concept and, Mm -hmm. you know, working towards what I think I have better now, which is like the whole your everyday nerd thing. Like that definitely works out as its own brand. Um, And then I have like these kind of smaller brands that kind of fit into what I do. Absolutely. I think Yen in terms of, like, a, a YouTube show, uh, has some pretty consistent and, like, strong branding just with the look of everything. Like, mm-hmm. the red thumbnails, the iconic, like, Yen logo, how the show is structured plays a lot into branding, how, how like, you come off in episodes plays a lot into, into branding. Like, it's very pretty much established at this point that Yen is not, like, very much a while it does have reviews, it's not exactly a critical analysis, and it's more of, like, Zach talking about all sorts of, of media with his own insight, and typically, 
a lot of funny comedic bits as well. Like that's mm-hmm. just that's just how Yin has like been built over the years, and it's it, uh and it could change at any point. But like definitely, what you have now, I, I'd say that's how I describe Yin: media of all variety with the fun little like personal twist of you that tends to lean more comedically. I'd say where where I think you like. That's when my it comes to branding, epic gamer brand analysis for you. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree. It's like when I think like a successful brand, and I'm no in no way saying that I am successful at what I'm doing. I, I think of Yin as like this thing where if I dropped everything else tomorrow, I could easily elevator pitch Yin to anybody and like continue doing that for a long time and I'd have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brand is is there. It makes sense. Like it, people understand it. It's um, uh, it's easily describable, right? Like you mm-hmm. don't have to like go out of your way to like bring up all different facets of what you do. You can focus in on just the in specific stuff and have the results to like back up that brand. Even in the name, like your everyday nerd, it makes sense. You get what it's about. Mm-hmm. Supposedly supposed to be everyday. But at least the nerd part brings it together. You kind of understand it. Meanwhile, like my old Let's Play channel, Sabijan Games, uh, most people don't even know what the word Sabijan means. In fact, <laughs> nobody does. I don't even know what it means. It's a mystery. Um, it is a mystery. And I didn't just do Let's Plays. I did all kinds of shit on it. So it, like, it was all over the place. And it continued to be all over the place until it died its slow and painful death. <laughs> And that's not even getting into like the different phases of art where like old Sabijan games was like a MS Paint Wonderland nightmare <laughs> oh, yeah. followed up by like the later, the later uh, 2016 kind of wild LOL, like random thumbnails. And then eventually kind of melding into that, like Zack Snyder, like let's play typical format stuff. But even that had to compete with nerd psychology and Japan vlogs and, and everything else as a whole. And, uh, yeah. That kind of brings, I guess, over to me uh, a lot of the time where my original channel, Mr. Mario 952, uh, had no branding. And it was basically just uh, Aiden puts out any video projects that he wants to. And and that's what I did. Right. Like um, some of them weren't even involving games, you know, like Splutter Show was a big part of it. Random reviews were a part of it. Skip videos were a part of it. One part Let's Plays were a part of it. It was just this amalgamation of everything, and it never really had, like, a consistent, like, art or look to it, I'd say. Um, and then pair that with the fact that every video was drastically different from the one that came before it, and it was really hard to, like, get an idea as to what the branding is. And uh, definitely some of that struggle kind of came in uh, to Blue Catch Productions, but I feel like Blue Catch Productions, at the very least, had a, had a recognizable logo, a recognizable name. Once the ocean aesthetic kind of got brought into it, it kind of tied every thumbnail together, even if they were from random or specific things. And mm. the format of Aiden talks about an interesting thing eventually became the uh, the primary format that I still do now. Uh, where nowadays in 2020, now that the channel is restructured, the thumbnails are redone, a lot of videos are privated and listed. Nowadays, I feel like the the branding for Blue Couch Productions is the strongest it's ever been. It kind of ties back into that like value proposition as well, or like mm-hmm, for uh, sure figuring out what value you bring to people also kind of inherently involves like knowing what your brand and who you are. Uh, 
but yeah, like it, it took several years to get to a point and it's not perfect now. Uh, there's certain parts where it's like, where it's weird that I have furniture in the name and like, yeah, I'll talk about video <laughs> games sometimes, but also just Lion King and other random stuff. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but it was far better now than it, than it was back in, in 2016 or 2015. And I think that's kind of like the first point that we're trying to get across with, with this whole conversation about our own stuff is that branding takes a while unless you're like a business or a professional or you've been doing it for a long time. It helps to have done other things beforehand to kind of get an idea, right? Definitely. Even then you got somebody like the company Nintendo who's been around for over a hundred years. And it's like the Nintendo we know of today is not the exact same company that we knew of a hundred years ago. So businesses and ideas and creators, we grow, we evolve and the branding is going to grow and evolve with that. And so if you feel like you're behind the curb and you don't have everything figured out in terms of branding, like you're fine. It's okay. Absolutely. And we're going to try to help like list some obvious steps about how to create that sort of brand and like manage it from what we've learned and everything. And we're going to get into that. Uh, I feel like I just want to ask you though, since I did mm-hmm. a little epic gamer brand analysis on on you, if you could do the same for Blue Couch Productions, I think that'd be epic. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that, like, which you've kind of figured out recently, at least, um, with the whole kind of Aiden talking about an interesting piece of media, that's been your, your kind of value proposition. And I think it's worked really well with the brand as well, because you've, you've changed, you know, you've privated a lot of videos and you've kind of changed some of the thumbnails. And uh, yeah, back to the video games and everything kind of goes together really well to where I can easily describe Blue Couch Productions now, whereas maybe a year ago, it was a little bit more difficult to to kind of describe it to people. Uh, But now it makes a lot more sense. I think so. I think it's come a long way in general. But uh, definitely. Yeah, I think we both have like uh, kind of going back to your point is like. This takes a lot of time and, and we have definitely are by no means experts on it, but I feel like we've slowly over time figured it out uh, to the <laughs> point now where like even in the side projects we do, uh, their branding is kind of on point from the beginning. YouTube podcasts very much on point with the brand like me and Zach talk about our personal stuff, but try to give YouTube advice their own experience or lines on our yeah. gaming fun group. Let's play channel where we kind of like goof off and you know, play whatever we want. It's not very serious in nature. Um, The come up, like you can basically just read the description of the come up and get an idea of what the, (laughs) of what the brand is. And the same is true for Aiden on Anchor and everything else. Definitely. So what's really cool about like doing side projects, the longer you, you get into the YouTube thing is it becomes easier to brand things. And so I feel like with every side project that we've started and continued over the last couple of years, like we kind of get that branding down very immediately. Like it's our kind of our first thoughts or what's it going to be called? What's it going to look like? How's it going to be? How's it going to function? What's that value proposition going to be? And then we, then we go with it from there. And it, it can be a little bit frustrating if you try to think too much about that before you work on the content itself. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're early on in the creation game, you know, game, you don't want to, you don't want to spend too much time 
focused on branding if it's going to stop you from, you know, actually creating the content itself. But it, the, the more you do it, the easier it's going to be to kind of figure out these things and brand things accordingly. If that makes sense. I think so. And let's kind of get into that. Let's talk about like how to build a content creator or a YouTube channel brand in the year 2020. We're not going to get into businesses and all that sort of stuff, but like, right. we'll, we'll start with the, we'll start with the YouTube channel first and then kind of pivot out to just content creators or people. Cause that's kind of two different things, right? Personal brands and like YouTube brands. Uh, yeah. But we'll just start Definitely. with creating a YouTube channel from the ground up from day one. What are, what are some things that, do you think about at least in terms of like branding? How do you how do you start building that from your perspective? I think, and I'll add on the, to it as we go along. Definitely, the the first thing I think of is like, what am I trying to provide here? Mm-hmm. Like, what what exactly is the content gonna be? Um, if if we've got a let's play channel, then it's like okay, cool. Then I know the branding needs to work surrounding, you know, some kind of let's play channel. If I've got a comedy channel well then i'm focusing more on comedy and then i can start doing a little bit of research maybe figuring out what other people in that niche is doing Mm -hmm. and then i can either decide to do something similar to that or if i want to you know kind of go the complete opposite and try to be like a little bit more unique and i really like that idea that you brought up of like looking at other people and what they do before you like start your own thing because mm-hmm. it's very easy a lot of the time it, to just start out and just kind of like do what everybody else is already doing. But like a lot of people don't know until they're already in the space. So like actually taking the time to look at the space, the people that are in it and figuring out like what separates you and what makes you different and unique before you even start is a pretty huge power move, I think. Because uh, then you're not wondering and questioning if you're like a, a copy or a rip off of somebody. And who knows, maybe you are to start out. And you're, and you're building from that and you're figuring that out. But like, I like that idea a lot more of saving yourself all the headache in the first place and just kind of looking at the field before you even, before you even get something off the ground. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So what would be the next thing that you would do? Okay. So like once I figured out, like kind of researching, uh, what I want to do in the first place, um, the next thing would obviously be like how I want to do that. Right. So you know that you're doing the Let's Play channel. You know that you're doing the comedy channel. You know how it's all going going down. Uh, how are you actually going to get that off the ground uh, in terms of recording and style and all that sort of stuff? Because I feel like figuring out like the how-to technical side of things can kind of give you a little bit of help in terms of uh, building building a little bit of that brand. So like at this point, is it a group Let's Play channel? Is it a personality channel? Is it more about walkthroughs? Is it about speedrunning? Is it about competitive gaming? Is it about uh, Fortnite or Minecraft or a channel based on one specific game in the first place? Or is it something like more akin to the analysis type of area as well? Like knowing, knowing where to pivot off and, and really figuring out that sort of stuff helps a lot. And so that can kind of get you an idea of like where you want to go from there. After that, after like figuring out the how-to, a big thing that I want to think about like early on is color. Um, really? I know we okay. haven't really brought in like the visual aspect of it, but I feel like a key thing to anybody's brand um, 
is is a, is a color or like a a mood basically. Uh, a lot of the biggest brands in the world and even celebrities to a certain extent are kind of like associated with a particular color. Coke with red, Pepsi mm-hmm. with blue, right? And and I think the same is also true for the type of projects that we do as well. Lions Honor Gaming is an orange. Blue Catch Productions is this sort of dark blue. Yin is this dark red. Parker's is purple. Aiden on Anchors is purple as well. Game Club kind of leans more into like a... a I don't know what you would describe it as, but it's not dark blue. It's more of like a bluish red kind of like uh, color to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like thinking about color and aesthetics as early on as I can. So that way, when it comes to like doing things like thumbnail or the channel art or the channel profile picture, if you have like a, a color to go off of and build everything on top of, I feel like making the art for for all that sort of stuff becomes a lot easier when you kind of have like a a color to like kind of champion, I guess. No, I get you. I, I honestly, I agree with that because if it's not like, if it's not thought of early on, you end up like second guessing it later. And you're like, like with your everyday nerd, I started with kind of this blue color that I had already had from my, my Zack Snyder productions channel. That was kind of the, the color that that channel had been based off of. Um, But then like halfway through the show, I decided, you know what? I kind of want to rebrand this and kind of have a a redder color associated Mm -hmm. with it. Um, And then it gets to be like a pain in the ass to go back and change all the thumbnails (laughs) and and do all that kind of stuff. So if you can figure that stuff out early, then that'll help you out tremendously. Actually early on, uh, with early yin stuff kind of associated uh, yin with that green color you used to use in the intros a lot of the time. Oh, yeah, true. So that, like, true. it wasn't a great shade of green either, so I'm glad no, it got changed. But pretty bad. <laughs> it was a thing in every episode, and so my mind kind of, like, linked that together. And uh, another thing I want to say, it doesn't have to necessarily be a color. It could be a pattern, a mm-hmm. texture, a gradient, like, some little bit of visual identity is what I'm basically getting at here. Color's the easiest for me. So it's the thing that I can like lean to the first and build off everything on top of that. But if you want to get more complex, you absolutely can. But that's what we're doing in this step is we're kind of building a little bit of a a visual identity. Uh, I think back to a lot of like Blue Couch Productions and how it was going and how much of an unlock it was to like actually having a a font for it. And I know Mm -hmm. it's like a minor thing, but like when I didn't know what the mullet font was, I just kind of used random like cool text stuff for my, for my thumbnails and everything. And that kind of gave off the, the brand idea of this is an amateur who has no idea what he's doing. (laughs) And so the second that like that, that designer told me about mullet, the font and I'm like, Oh cool. A big, bold white font. And I've used that font for every video um, from early, early 2017 to now. And it's like something as simple as a font can really bring like a, an identifying, like, again, that visual identity, that mood, that feeling, you know, when you're looking at mullet, uh, you're thinking of blue catch productions because it shows up in the titles. It shows up in videos. It showed up in thumbnails for years. Like <laughs> it's, it's just such a core part of a, uh, of blue catch productions as well. And there's thousands of little, 
of little micro things like that. For Yin, like I think of the logo, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think of TVs because of the the new TV thing that popped up into there and the and the sponsor thing. I think of like those old like uh those old smaller TVs as well. Mm-hmm. I think of the lower thirds, right? Like uh, when I think of Yin, a lot of the time, if it, if it's not the the episodes, it's the little elements that bring it all together. The uh, the branding can help tremendously with bringing everything together because, like, you could have some really great content, and it can be some of the best out there. But if there's no like real consistency episode to episode, it can be a little frustrating as a viewer to know exactly what you're going for as a creator. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just those little things. Absolutely. That kind of keeps me going back to certain, certain channels, certain ideas and things like that. I still get compliments on the same intro music I've been using since 2016. <laughs> yeah. It's you know? good. It works. And I, I still like it too. Yeah. So I get that. <laughs> like nobody should care about a fucking YouTube copyright free, uh, track that's actually called Jazz Addicts Intro. That's what the track's called. <laughs> um, but now I don't even think of it that way because I use it so often in, in Blue Catch production stuff. And uh, I, I kind of want to touch on music as well because that's a huge part into that. And I feel like you would probably do a better job at explaining like how music works and branding because I don't know any of the, the terms. <laughs> for yeah, that. for sure. Um, I, so like when it comes to music, I've always thought of like intros those are kind of the that's kind of like the first thing that comes to my head when I when I thought about branding a long time ago was kind of intros and, and intro music and all that kind of stuff. And for a long time, it used to be completely against intros. You should be like they shouldn't really? be in YouTube videos. And it, it really depended on kind of the channel and the, the idea. Uh, yeah. uh, but I know there was a lot of like it, it used to be a really big topic in like Let's Play communities. Where people were like, you should or shouldn't have an intro just because there were so many garbage intros out there. There were. <laughs> the early days of YouTube Let's Play had so many garbage intros. And a lot of them a lot of them are thankfully gone. But there's definitely yeah. a few that still use the 3D wooshy text with dubstep intro that goes on for 30 seconds. and Unfortunately. Players, it's you know. pretty disgusting, actually. So what do you look for when, when you're making an intro then? what's What what are you thinking of in terms of music? I, I think what I'm thinking for is like what kind of vibe am I trying to put put across here? Uh, for Yen, I'm kind of going for like a little bit of a laid back uh, feel. So like I went with like a jazzy type type thing. Mm. And that that's kind of, and I just really like jazz music. And so honestly, a lot of my intros to a lot of my, my projects end up being like jazz related. Mm. Um, so that's more of a personality thing, more of like a personal brand thing than it is like a very specific, your everyday nerd situation. Uh, but I think it can be said for, for just about any kind of project. Like think about who, like who your audience is. Those questions that we asked earlier, like continue to ask those questions, figuring out like what the project is and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like you can get closer to finding out what kind of music you want to use. Because I like if your your tour audience is like children, then you probably don't want to use heavy metal as the intro. 
It Basic just things. wouldn't make any sense, right? Right. Um, you want to kind of match. Right. Or if your core audience was like 70 years old, dubstep probably is not going to work. I would argue dubstep works. I'd argue that dubstep doesn't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree. Don't use it. Don't, Parker. Don't use yeah. it. <laughs> no dubstep. No more dubstep. It's annoying. It's loud, it's irritable, and when I click on a video and I see that, and I'm like, all right, I don't... It makes me want to cut the video off, right? Right. It's not inviting. Meanwhile... that's a branding issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Meanwhile, jazz, kind of like lo-fi type stuff, um, and I'm not saying, like, use this 100% for your thing, because your thing might not need this, but, like, I think softer type music for intros is more inviting... Um, I think that loud, obnoxious shit like should not be used for introduction. Well, then, like, how'd you uh, how'd you go about like the LHG intro specifically? Because that is kind of more of a high energy kind of uh, project for sure. Um, and the mm-hmm. intro music is is not exactly it's a it's it's a piano thing, so it's not mm-hmm. exactly like loud and obnoxious, but it's not the like calm everyday blue catch productions theme either. It's somewhere it's somewhere in between. That's true. And I actually I mean I composed that one. I was just thinking like I need a little ditty for this. <laughs> that's the word I was thinking. I need something that's um you know, a little bit more energetic because we're gonna have multiple people on this. Um, and something that kind of worked with everybody's personality. And so like a little piano thing works really well for that. Piano is the most versatile instrument. Um, and so it's just like, do, 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 do. And, and it ends on like a softer, like jazz type chord too. So it's not oh, entirely. Really? Yeah. So it's not entirely not jazz, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where. I, I try to ask, like, who's the audience going to be and what kind of project am I looking at and how can I make the music complement it rather than, like, completely contradicting it, if that makes sense. Right, right. You don't want to go out of your way to create a create a mismatch scenario mm-hmm. where none of the elements you're using are, are really making sense. And I hope that, like, as you're listening to this conversation, you're kind of picking up of, like, what things make up a brand. We've kind of talked about like color makes a brand. Music makes a brand. Uh, logos. We've talked about the in logo, the same for the blue catch productions logo. Mm-hmm. The same is also true of all those channels that use like a cartoon avatar, right? That kind of adds a similar dynamic where it's like, okay, this is this image. This avatar is how I associate uh, with the channel and how that avatar is drawn can also give off certain vibes as well whether it's a you know one of those avatars with a with a hot <laughs> anime <laughs> girl or like a fucking fucking crusty middle-aged dude you know? <laughs> gives off different vibes is all i'm saying it's definitely tough because branding is not a one-size-fit-all type of situation at all you yeah. definitely have to tailor it to your individual needs so it's figuring out the very and the like, project's needs and the project needs exactly. So it's like taking these questions and and figuring out how can I translate it into a creative means. Like you were talking about, like logos and avatars. If you're a um, if you're a commentary channel and your entire channel is based off of 
you talking about things and using your personality as a means to entertain people uh, than using your own face as the logo is not a bad idea. It's no, it's a, recommended. It's yeah, a recommended use your own face in general, right? It's more <laughs> yeah. personable. It gets people to know that like this channel is going to be 100% you. Um, all the entertainment is going to be coming from you talking about you're other not things. hiding behind something. Exactly. Meanwhile, if you're going for a more like mysterious angle and you want to talk about like horror movies and your entire show is revolved around you talking behind a curtain, then like having some kind of silhouette as the logo, that would work. That would be something that could uh, garner more attention there and make you a little bit more unique in that right. in that manner. And, and that's definitely an opportunity to get creative as well. Like branding doesn't have to be this boring thing where you just pick like your profile, pick your face and the color and some music and that's it. It can be really fun and out there like i think of people like dr disillusion right and Mm -hmm. like that brand he has on point man like i I immediately i immediately know who he is and it's so unique to him that like it it can't be replicated nakey jakey is another great example of Mm -hmm. it is like uh that channel is just basically him right and all his weird like humor and ideas donkey is another one where we don't really like see his face but you know, the kind of donkey character kind of lets you know all you need to know, really. <laughs> like, you know. Right. It, one of, like, the homework that I would give people if they're, like, trying to figure out their brand is go to, like, your favorite YouTube channels and watch more than, watch, like, five videos in a row and pick up on all the things that are the exact same. Like, video game donkey, for instance. Like, you'll notice at the end of every single video, it's a black screen with some white text with some kind of funny like change of words involving the word donkey or some kind of word that rhymes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always with Nakey Jakey, he's always sitting on like an exercise ball in front of a green screen and he has a very unique style of content. He mentioned that too, by the way, that like mm-hmm. the whole reason he did that was literally for him to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. He t- he's mentioned before publicly that like it wasn't, it wasn't a decision where like he wanted to, but he knew if he did it, it would stand out. Right. And he, it paid off. <laughs> Anthony Fantano is the world's, is the internet's busiest music nerd. And, uh, fucking Jack used to look at the camera and clap into it or high five into it and have the Irish accent. And like, everybody has these very unique styles and, and unique things about their content. And there, there's no reason why you can't also have those things right. for your content as well. Things like, why do you think PewDiePie has a bro fist? Right. And it's like, it's very clearly a community building thing on, on the one hand, but it's also like how people recognize PewDiePie. It's a branding thing as well. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's wild how much I associate Anthony Fantano with flannel. Right. <laughs> and different colors of flannel. Somehow, through the power of branding, yellow flannel is more valuable than red flannel. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's not. But in the context of how Anthony Fantano is branded, he's able to take images and iconography and, and actually impart a meaning about it. And that's what branding's all about, like we talked about. Absolutely. Uh giving yourself a feeling, right? A reputation. Uh, I picture Anthony in front of a in front of a boring white wall and like a, a shitty like little green screen square 
for the album that's hung up by like a little pin or whatever in a record <laughs> shelf and like and and I could go on and on and on and it's like having these little unique things about yourself, your personality, the things you do. And that's why a lot of people talk about being yourself because that's the easiest way to build a brand. If you're just yourself, chances are you're going to have those unique things that stand out about you and you don't have to like artificially create a character, right? You can just be you and do it that way. Definitely. So I think that plays a, a big part into that. And it's like, in terms of in terms of regular just YouTube specific stuff, because we're kind of transitioning now into content creator stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I think in terms of YouTube stuff, think about your icon, your channel icon, right? Is it a logo there? Is it a picture of you? The banner, you know, what fonts are you using? What colors are you using? Um, your thumbnails, obviously, what style are you going for? Uh, is it funny? Is it not funny? Like picture that into it. And even, even, even coming down to how you edit videos, I think a lot plays, plays a huge factor into your branding. Like there's a certain way that Zach edits videos that I know subconsciously when I'm watching it, this is a Zach video, right? Definitely. Um, And that's for anybody. Same is true for myself and, and Jay and Parker and everyone else. It's every little thing that you do for your content is going to be just a little bit different than somebody else. And the more different and unique it can be while still maintaining like an objective quality of of the content, like the more you're going to stand out and the more like your, your brand is going to be your brand. Mm -hmm. Not somebody else's. Exactly. So now we've kind of gotten the YouTuber thing out of the way like it's obviously a bit different when it comes to your own brand as a content creator like for example the brand of the brand of yin is not the same brand as zach on twitter or zach on twitch you know definitely like there's very clearly a bit of a disconnect there and uh some people some people straight up just have it all be the same their their youtube their twitch their twitter everything is all branded the same way and so if you find them, you know, you can easily get an idea of what it is. Others feel the need to kind of differentiate a little bit. And I that's where I'm currently at now. Because mm-hmm. I feel like playing to each platform's strengths and weaknesses is a better idea than just kind of taking YouTube and copy pasting it everywhere. <laughs> it's, um, it's an interesting thing that I feel like is debated a lot. Uh, and I still don't know, like, what the correct way to go about it is. And I don't think there is a correct way. I'll just no. just straight up say It's all that. conjecture. Definitely. Uh, but no, you're right. Like, I know that a lot of what I do online, um, like, I, I use a lot of the same iconography across different platforms, but it's not all identical. Mm-hmm. Um, even, like, you know, my Discord is Zack Snyder Productions because it hosts everything that I do. Um, and it's got the same icon as my Twitter, which is, like, a personal kind of Twitter platform. Uh, but I also use that for business related, you know, stuff. So it's, it's tough. It's, it's definitely tough to kind of figure out like, what do you want to do for each individual platform? Or do you want to have it all be the same? I think the big thing that I would warn people is you do want it all to be somewhat similar so that when people find you on Twitter, they know it's you 
based off of your YouTube channel, or they know it's you right. based off of your Twitch or whatever it may be, if that makes sense. They can't be so drastic that you can't even tell. Right. right. So that helps. As well as just, like, linking stuff, right? Definitely. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm links definitely links linking stuff. Yeah. Links and stuff in there. But I feel like for t- for Twitter specifically, it was kind of the thing, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, where it was very much... The brand of the Twitter was just YouTube again, where I just take YouTube stuff and upload it to Twitter and mm-hmm. have links and stuff. And occasionally I'd retweet Danku stuff. Whereas now I feel like I've been trying to get better at this and I'm by no way a master. Um, but trying to take things that I do every day in my normal life and just making a tweet about it. So like the Skylanders tweet, for example, my granddad comes over, he has some Skylanders uh, that I used to have as a kid. And, like, normally, I'd just be like, okay, cool, and put them on my shelf, and I'd go about my day. Um, But the idea came to my head that, like, I probably need to post this to Twitter because it's the type of thing where it's, like, it's the the Skylanders say a lot about me. I have a great story with it as well. And it's that kind of personal shit that you're not really going to be able to get anywhere else. Definitely. Um, So actually, like, taking the time to take out my phone, take the picture of the Skylander, and be like, yo, this was a part of part of like my life or whatever. And sharing that with everybody uh, has been a thing on Twitter. And, and on top of that, doing things like Aiden vlogging with the phone for like a minute, asking Ethan stupid questions on Twitter and seeing what the responses uh, would be right. Like still retweeting funny stuff that I find appropriate. And even, uh, and I've been doing this a lot recently is like getting down and dirty with the, with the topic that I know I'm not going to be able to make a video about it and making like a, a six, a six tweet thread about something stupid <laughs> or, or whatever and ranting about it. Like all of that plays into it more. And I feel like while it's not perfect, it's more interesting of a Twitter account than, okay, so here's Aiden's video that he uploaded today. And uh, the next tweet is Aiden's video that he uploaded the next day. And the next tweet is Aiden's video he uploaded the day after, right? Like it's a bit more of me now, which I, which I think is better off. Absolutely. It's it's what Twitter is really good about. It's like making bite-sized thoughts throughout the day as often as you would like. And if all those thoughts are just, I put out videos on other platform, it's not interesting. It's not creative and it's not entertaining. And and so by taking a different stance and actually, you know, putting more personal tidbits or stories or jokes or, you know, stances on different topics like it makes it an interesting account to follow gives people a reason to like follow the account so no i agree i agree and it's the same specifically it's a lot of funny haha animal crossing 2020 (laughs) zach on twitter is a lot different than 2019 zach on twitter and that's what i like about branding is that it can evolve right Um, i made a conscious decision in january to not give a fuck about what I posted on Twitter throughout 2020. And and that's been all Produce of my tweets. Bangers. Yeah, that's that's been all of them. So it's it's pretty wonderful. But no, it's like you could say the same thing for Twitch. Like I do a show on YouTube where I talk about nerd related content, but I'm not going to do the exact same thing on Twitch. It makes no sense. Like I could, I guess I could try to find a way to make your everyday nerd like a live streamed show as well. But mm-hmm. what works for Twitch a little bit more is like playing video games, talking to my audience and like hanging out. 
that works a lot better. It's like a live chat is a huge part of that platform. And if you're not being personable and you're not reading that Mm -hmm. and you're just like playing a video game for four hours, well, that's not really appealing to how how twitch works and it again like affects your brand right like (laughs) and how people how people perceive you on on a lot of those platforms and i think a lot of the pitfalls that that people can fall into um with branding is that like if you are being yourself and if you are showing everything about your life um the things that you talk about both positive and negative can can have an effect on your brand for better or for worse um a lot of what we've talked about with like other other YouTubers is that like that we really can't stand is the type of complaining stuff we see on Twitter and YouTube um, where people are complaining about their own problems and that's all you get out of somebody. Mm-hmm. That's a branding issue, right? Definitely. Or, or LOL, my favorite artist who does remixes turns out hates gay people and post homophobic <laughs> rants <laughs> on Twitter. That's a branding issue. It's also a humanity issue, but it's a branding issue <laughs> as well. Like, uh, man, I sure do like watching these Twitch streams, but it sucks that they have to keep bringing up their like uh, their their donation goal in order to, <laughs> you know, pay rent. And so they keep complaining about it like every two seconds on Twitch. That's a branding issue. Ninja cussing out a kid and calling him a faggot is a branding <laughs> issue. <laughs> Ninja's a funny one because, like, he's very clearly a, a brand marketed toward children, and advertisers, uh, like, literally grasp onto that. Yeah. But old Ninja on Twitch, and you can find a thousand clips of it, uh, was unrailed and edgy as fuck. I'm sure he was. <laughs> he seems like that kind of dude. Yeah, Not entirely sur- surprised at all. But he's running for president, so. Absolutely, bro. Ninja yeah. for president. You know. Love to see it. You're right, though. You're right. It's when it comes down to like branding across multiple different platforms as a creator. Um, I'd say the the biggest form of consistency that you want to have is it comes back to that like simple definition of like reputation. Like thinking of it like it's high school again. How do you want to come across? And not in a way of like don't be yourself because you know that's don't lie. Right, like that's the whole, that's the whole high school lesson is to be yourself, because if not, you're just gonna be somebody you don't like at the end of the day. But like, you also want people to know exactly what you stand for, or what you don't stand for, or if there's something you don't want people to know how you stand or don't stand for, maybe don't put it on the internet. Right at all because that never leaves (laughs) it never leaves and it'll always come back and crisscross from each platform and that is yeah so here's like a couple of Aiden's Aiden's rules for content creator branding and these are not at all hard and fast rules but they're the type of things that like you should probably think about before you like tweet or live stream or make a TikTok or even a YouTube video uh Mm -hmm. Like, number one, if you can avoid politics, avoid politics. <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, agree. I get, I get it. If you're, if you're Stephen Crowder, that you have to bring up the LOL funny Democrats. And I get that. <laughs> but otherwise, if you're a gamer or a music channel or a Twitch streamer, 
Nobody cares who you're voting for. Do not put it on my TL. <laughs> you know? I, I'm going to have to agree. Yeah. 100%. That's a simple one. That's a simple one. And I don't mean politics and like, like, LOL, we should respect people's rights. Go ahead and post that if you want. I mean more of the sense of like, I don't care what you think about Trump's new bill, you know, like <laughs> stuff that ultimately just doesn't matter. Or if it does matter, but you have nothing to say about it, don't say anything about it. Definitely. You know, if you have nothing to add to the conversation, that's rule number two. If you have nothing to add to the conversation, don't add to the conversation because it's better to keep it to yourself a lot of the time. Uh, especially if you don't know what the ramifications of posting that, what the consequences would be. I mean, honestly, we could have an entire con- like conversation on this podcast about like politics and why it's never really good to actually have discussions about politics anywhere. We do it on Discord all the time. Online, <laughs> well, we do it on Discord, but that's like amongst not friends, not publicly. <laughs> so like, it's fine. But like, think of talking about politics online. Like, you just came home from college and you're talking to your estranged uncle at Thanksgiving dinner. dinner. And he's talking about, like, insert bad political take here. Like, think of it that way. Now think of, like, a million uncles with <laughs> with wildly unique takes. Like, that's how bad yeah. it is. That nobody and needs so, to like, I just don't talk about politics because I know it's just going to invite, like, wildness. Right. So don't talk about politics. Don't say anything if you don't have anything to add to the conversation. Number three, keep the, keep the, keep the negativity stuff at bay, I'd say. And by negativity, I mean, like, complaining and whining more, more often than not. And it, I know, I know we were just saying, be true to yourself, be honest with yourself. But at a certain point, if all you post is is complaining and whining all the time, and people leave your account, don't be surprised. Because, like, turns out, not everyone needs to hear about how your mother turned off the Xbox for a month. Yeah. I don't care. Unless it's funny. If you can turn it into humor, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Go for it. You want to clown on yourself? Hilarious. People love that shit. But, like... I don't need to hear about your, you know, your dog, not your dog, because that's important, right? Like, obviously, you know where the line Mm. is. Uh, Use common sense. But, like, being overly negative, complainy, and whiny all the time helps no one's brand at all. And I would even argue for people whose brand is that they're negative and complain and whine all the time. Even for them, it's not good because too much of it, I feel like, devalues. Yeah, I, I, I'd i say a good rule of thumb is like if you're finding like once a week you're you're complaining about something on Twitter, um, it's probably not that important that the whole world needs to hear about it or mm-hmm. it's so important that the world doesn't need to hear about it. Like you need to like deal with it. Talk to the therapist. Yeah, do something. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm not perfect in that regard. I very much am known for getting heated about shit that I shouldn't be heated about. Uh, I've had my late night Twitter rambles for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to at least space them out to where you're not getting that back-to-back, <laughs> basically. There's always at least a, a funny meme or a retweet or a, a lighthearted post. Three or four of them, at least, since the last super serious one anyway. 
Um, so there's that. Uh, another thing that people really don't like rule, rule number four or five. I don't even know. I can't count. That's on brand too. Uh, <laughs> but another rule I think that's like really people hate seeing is like desperation and people being desperate. So like, don't retweet YouTuber army post. Don't spam your videos in the Twitter thing. Don't link to every TikTok you've ever done before. Don't have, don't enter one of those giveaways on Twitter where they ask you to put a tweet on your own profile, <laughs> letting everybody know. Yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah. It's so annoying. Nobody, nobody likes desperation and people who aren't confident in their own content. You know, it's one of those subconscious things that you got to think about. And I was, I was awful at this. I was joining every giveaway. I was doing those retweet things, the small YouTuber army shit, like all of it, but that devalues your brand because it communicates to the entire world, hey, I'm not confident in what I do. Please get me the quick growth that I'm entitled to. Right. Like Or I know. just want free shit all the time. Yeah. It's like, all right, Chief. What's uh Great. Let's Love stop. It. Please. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big one for a lot of people I, I, I see on Twitter. So it's like, you know, Think about how, what you're doing. Think about what you tweet. How other people on the other side would view it and think because of that. Um, a lot of people just kind of post stuff to post stuff. And that's fine if you're just using Twitter for fun. But the moment you're trying to build a brand and you're trying to be a content creator or an influencer or a public figure, uh, it turns out that like 75% of what you think is okay to post is not okay to post. And that's the final rule. Is like... Put a filter. <laughs> Have some kind Put of filter. Put a filter on yeah. it. Yeah. Have some kind of filter. To what extent is up to you? Um, but I think a lot of the, the a lot of these pitfalls simply come from the fact that people think it's okay to just post whatever, and a lot of the times it's not. <laughs> Gonna have to agree. But uh you have any any more that like you hate seeing on, on Twitter or, or I know I didn't really get into Twitch or YouTube specific ones, but Shit like that of like rules that you try to live by. I mean, I feel like those are the big ones for sure. I got super tired of seeing politics on my timeline on Twitter. uh, To the point where it's just caused me to not spend much time on the platform anymore. Um, And then the other things you mentioned, obviously, um, also just caused me to not spend time on the platform. Uh, I think for like the negative one, that one hits hard. Um. There's there's been people where I've actively unfollowed them because they were so negative all the time. I got tired of tired of reading it. Uh, if you do so many things enough, it creates a habit and a behavior, and like it really does. Nobody want to stick around for a bad habit or a bad behavior. It really so. does. I think I think the only other ones are like, what do you like? There there's a really big situation with Twitter where like people just be retweeting porn <laughs> and it's like if that's your, if that's brand, your brand sure sure and for some people it works but for other people like I wonder like this might not be a good idea on their part um because that's what people are gonna so simpage is another one don't be simping don't, publicly don't on publicly simp <laughs> that should be obvious but somebody will really need to hear it 
but also I'd, I'd say be aware of like what you are not only posting, but you're what you're sharing, liking, retweeting, that kind of stuff, because mm. these algorithms do allow other people to see what you have liked, what you have commented on um, and that kind of stuff. So like not only like posting porn might not be a good idea, but like liking it might not be a good idea publicly either. Or that's what happened to Ted Cruz. Yeah. Remember that? He likes some dirty porn on Twitter. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess he didn't think it would show up, but I was great. He most certainly did. I was great. It was a wonderful case of branding right there. <laughs> yeah, but also like same thing can be said for like political opinions and stuff. Like, probably don't want to like something from a. Uh, like a a political take that might get you in trouble with somebody else or might taint your brand, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I I don't think I have anything else specifically that I could add to it. Well, I I have a question for you and it's something that that I've heard debated back and forth, but like the idea of staying in your lane, Mm -hmm. um, has been argued with like, branding on, on YouTube and, and Twitter and other places where the argument goes that like whatever your whatever your niche is and whatever you're doing, everything that you do should be directed toward that niche and that community. And a lot of people have made it a point to be like, uh, if you're if you're video game boy, all you're allowed to talk about on Twitter or Twitch or YouTube or anything is video games. Mm. And the moment you step outside of that, people tend to get mad. There's also the other side of the camp that like believes that like Twitter and a lot of these personal brands should be about you personally. So it's okay like if you talk about a sports game or a cheese or groceries mm. or whatever. But some people would say that devalues the brand altogether. Uh, others would say being personable helps the brand. So like where do you where do you think where do you stand on the whole stay in your lane? argument? I feel like I can't give an answer either. That's fair. There's I'm definitely saying. those two schools of thought. And uh, this is something that's been debated like a long time. Uh, but there's there's like this psychological thing where if somebody is good at something, people are more okay with them talking about something else that they don't know anything about. So, for instance, if let's say uh, Mike Tyson, boxer, world famous boxer, right? Uh very good at what he did um, at one time. Uh, Now let's say tomorrow he, or let's say in his prime, better, better statement in his prime, he just started talking about like uh, fucking making pizzas. Let's just say Mike Tyson just decided to talk about making pizzas for some reason, hypothetical situation here. Uh, what I'm getting at is that because he was already famous and because he already knew a lot about one thing, some people believe that he would be okay to talk about other things just by association. Um, it, it's like this psychological thing. And so that's been around for a very long time. Uh, and I kind of, I mean, I disagree with it in some some instances where it's like, obviously... Elon Musk is getting a lot of backfire right now on Twitter because he's talking about the quarantine situation and he's talking out of his ass. He doesn't know what he's talking about, basically. Uh, And 
some people are saying he should stay in his lane because he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I would argue like in this particular instance, like he should because what he's talking about is something that affects other people that he has no kind of degree or um, true research in at all. But if he was talking about like anime, like I don't have a problem with it. It's fine. It doesn't affect anybody specifically. If that makes sense. For him like sharing memes or talking about noodles. Right. Like, a lot of that, a lot of that, that appeal to the Elon Twitter account was, oh, turns out this billionaire dude who works at Tesla, who's insanely smart, is also a, a memer. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have known about that had like Twitter not like given him an opportunity to be more personal. But at the same time, it's the, t- it's the type of thing where like, at what point, you know, at what point does that cross that line too much and you end up talking about things you shouldn't? Yeah. It's a tough line for everybody. I think I so. I feel like I've made so many mistakes. Same. Absolutely. Uh, where I either like lose my temper or comment on things that I don't know about or say a hot take just to say the hot take, mm-hmm. like, you know, and I, and I, and I can get even worse on Twitch because that's literally just me and I'm doing it for hours on hours on end and I get exhausted. Right. And sometimes, you know, I'm more prone to like, just say, say shit or get pissed off at somebody cause I'm running low on energy. Right. That's and it's fair. like trying to, trying to keep a persona up all day is mentally draining. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's also like sometimes that's for the best. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a true lane in which anybody needs to stick to because I I think that completely disregards our ability as human beings to, to grow and evolve and learn about things and, you know, share with other people. Um, If I had stuck in my lane, like, I'd be a music teacher. We wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah. And I am very happy that I didn't stick to my lane and I'll continue to not stick to my lane because I feel like I cover a lot of those different lanes. Uh, But then again, like I'm not going to go talk about politics tomorrow on Twitter because I don't feel like I have anything interesting to bring to the table. Um, So I guess that's, that's kind of where I'd put it at. Like if you're not, if you're if you're saying things that are unique to your own experience, if you're saying things that you feel like you can share with other people in a in a positive manner, then I think that is that is cool and should be like more people should should acknowledge that and allow that. Uh, but if it's something that's gonna like harm other people, if it's something that's doesn't really bring anything to the table. Like maybe, maybe it's not necessary to like throw out there. I think a lot of people, especially on Twitter and in the content creation space, uh, we kind of make fun of the word like influencer, yeah. right? I'm not an influencer. I don't, I don't influence people at all, but I think to a certain extent when it comes to how big your platform is and how big your brand is, uh, what you say does, in fact, absolutely, matter, yeah, um, and can create a real impact, both positively and negatively. Uh, we've seen bad examples of it, obviously, with like PewDiePie and Ninja before, but we've also seen like uh, a lot of good examples with like Jacksepticeye, like doing a charity stream, and because he has a huge platform, oh, would you look at that? 
the power of his brand got like uh, money for people who need it. Definitely. Like wonderful. Love that shit uh, all the time. But it's like, I think the first step is just recognizing that we have that power in the first place. Right. Recognizing that what I say on Twitter or a YouTube video in some form or another is not said in a vacuum. You know, it impacts people who watch it today and it can impact people who watch it three or four years from now. Definitely. <laughs> you know, what I tweet, what I tweet, at least in some form or fashion, matters to somebody. So I need to be careful about like what I say in the first place. And I feel like a lot of creators, whether it's Ninja, PewDiePie, bigger creators or smaller, really like need to think, okay, if you're not going to consider yourself an influencer, then at least at least understand the idea that some people are taking what you say. Uh, and, and forming an opinion off of that, right? Like, it, nothing you say and nothing that's on social media exists in a vacuum. It impacts people. Oh, absolutely. Uh, for real-world change. All the I time. mean, I hate the word influencer, but I would argue that we're all influencers if you, like, have active social media platforms. Because you're you're actively putting things out there into the world and people are reading it and they're sharing it or liking it and... At some point, like you're influencing other people's opinions on things or at least attempting to like you don't put out your hot take on Super Mario Brothers 2 just because I want to talk about this thing. You probably put it out there because like you have an opinion on it and you want other people to know what that opinion is. Whether it's a good opinion or a bad opinion, it's still something that you're putting out there and like you're you're probably going to influence somebody with that opinion. For me personally, it's like number 1, I try to like be true to myself, right? I'm not saying things mm-hmm. that I like came up with on the spot. These are things that I've ha- had an opinion on for a while oh, now definitely. and I just want to share it. Or, or or maybe it's a thing where I'm still forming an opinion on it and I want like feedback on it and discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm also thinking a lot too about like the kind of emotional like mood that I put off with a lot of tweets. I don't want my timeline to come across as just a negative cesspit. I want to try to bring some positivity in the world. I want people who read my timeline in one form or another to not feel like I've added to the garbage. Right. I really don't want to add to the garbage. I try (laughs) not to just add to the garbage and I could be better about it for sure. Like, you know, it's very easy to get into the negativity side of things. Believe me. And sometimes you can't help it. Uh, but by and by, I am trying more and more to like put off a positive energy and like open discussions from a, from a level of like intellectual honesty to where I'm upfront being like, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. is such a powerful world word to say on Twitter. Dude, I've been like, saying, I don't know. A lot. Yo, I don't know. I don't know. Just, you know, I just don't know. And that's fine. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, it's fine. Like you can't have a stance on everything. You yeah. really can't. And and that's something that I've learned a lot. Like the more and more I do the YouTube thing is you come across so many questions and like chats on, uh, you know, the chat on Twitch. And it's like, I, I have no valuable opinion on this thing that you're mentioning. And it's so like, I can't say anything about it. And, and I'll even go as far to say that on like movies like, I'll even be like, I saw fucking Finding Nemo when I was a kid, 
and I liked mm-hmm. the movie as a kid, but like I don't have like a an actual opinion on it currently as an adult, so I can't like make an, an educated opinion on it. So I'm not going to talk about it because I don't feel like I can absolutely. bring anything to the table in regards to it. So you're right, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's just some things I think about. Then, then with with Brandon, yeah, is all. Uh, you have anything else you wanna uh, you wanna add to it? Like, I guess, I guess, just to kind of wrap up and summarize, like, you know, we've talked about like how to build a brand, what pitfalls to avoid, some stuff to try to do. Like, mm-hmm. what would be what would be the advice, I guess, on on people who are just starting out who've listened to this? Like, where where do I where do I go from here? Type of type of. Advice. I still think, like, first and foremost, if you're just starting out, like. Don't let branding take over your brain because it easily yeah. can and then you won't get anything done. Um, get the content get, out get first, the content please. out first. <laughs> figure out what you want to do. Experiment. Make, you know, make things first and foremost. And then after you're comfortable with that and you know what you want to do, then you can start worrying about the logo and the music and the pictures and the, you know, the colors and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. Because it, it is a fun process, but it does take time and patience. And you you don't want that to to take away from the actual content to begin with. Because mm. I know I've I've let it take over my content time before. It's fun to do. It can it can be very distracting mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, but it is a part of the process that's necessary. And uh, let it let it be a part of the process. Don't don't force it. Don't you know? Don't try to shit everything out for for one weekend just so you can have it done. Like you know, take the time to to learn it. It's a skill set for sure. It's something you got to actually like do and learn through experience. Definitely. I think like for me, what you said is a huge thing. Like content comes first actually putting stuff out there comes first work on your branding as you go Mm -hmm. um what i hope that this like podcast really did especially for our discord and for people who listen to this is like it got them to finally think about the word for the first time oh absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah, yeah, for sure because i feel like it's one of those kind of lol foreign concepts that really don't get brought up a lot and so like i hope that if you did sit through this and you did learn through this that like you now know that branding is your reputation. You now know that like everything you do has an effect on people. The content that you make sends off a message or an idea or a feeling. And like working on that brand, building that brand is super important because it gives you an identity. It helps you stand out and uh, helps make your content unique from other people altogether. Um, so like for people at home who like have been doing this for a while and kind of like have done it for a while, think about branding, think about like, could my branding be better? Right. Does the logo need changing? Does the artwork reflective? Is it consistent? Do I need a rebrand a lot of the time? You know, Mm -hmm. like how is my Twitter timeline clogged up with garbage? Maybe clean it out. Uh, am I doing everything I can on live shows and, and other social medias? Is is my thumbnails consistent as well? Like, is what I'm saying consistent and accurate and honest to me? Like those little questions, right? 
that that's the type of stuff that I want to kind of like implant in people's heads where even if you don't have like an actionable answer by tomorrow, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I at least want the idea to be like, oh, so branding is a thing. It's an important thing. And I could potentially improve my own branding as a result. Definitely. And you'd, you'd be surprised at how many people are not starting from zero when it comes to this. I could point out every single person in my Discord that makes content right now and talk about key features of their branding that works for them. And it's things that they do in every single video, every single thumbnail, every single account that they have. Like you're not starting at zero. Nobody really ever starts at zero unless you're starting a channel tomorrow. Right. You've never done it. Before, exactly. You know? But for the people that have been like, I hope that kind of implants an idea. And I know, I know we really didn't talk about rebranding, but I guess we can like just real quick, like when, when do you think is, is a good time to, to rebrand? I think rebranding is only truly necessary when you feel like, you you need to spice things up. You need to like fix some of the the small inconsistencies that you have. Um, I know for me it was it was like a or for both of us like we'd done entire episodes on the podcast where we talked about like rebranding our channels, um, and all that really meant was like figuring out what kind of content was going to stay on the channel, which kind of content was going to go somewhere else. Um, and then we got the visuals and the music and all that kind of stuff would, it would come along, you know, along that process. But it's, I, I don't think there's a certain like when rebranding needs to happen, if it even needs to happen at all for most people. Right. Minor tweaks go a long way too. Like, I think you don't so. Have to I throw everything out with the bathwater, right. like build upon. You know? I, I think it can even be very jarring to an audience if you're just rebranding everything out of nowhere one day, especially if you're kind of bigger. Uh, mm. But I know, or if you do it like every month, or if you do it every <laughs> month, you don't want to. You don't want to rebrand often. That's definitely not something yeah. that you want to do. I think a, a good rule of thumb is like wait at least a year. Definitely, know? definitely. Have a visual identity. Do what you do, and then if you like are sick of it change it up if you've had one brand going for like several years then it's okay to rebrand whenever yeah like uh but keep in mind that will have an an impact on on people i didn't really go through a lot of it because the blue catch productions name and idea was kind of from the start Mm -hmm. the only major change i added was just making it look nicer the ocean stuff the hawaiian stuff and then the wood thumbnails that was those were the major change in intros. I changed intros like a thousand times. <laughs> a lot of the rebranding that I've seen that works really well is when people are kind of trying to change their content specifically, whether it's, yeah. whether it's if you're switching entirely, gears. like I'm doing this one thing and now I'm doing this new thing on the channel or whether it's like minor fixes, like I'm going to be changing the way I edit my videos. I'm going to be changing the topics that I talk about whatever that might be, um, the more that you can kind of take those rebrands and put it with those bigger moments. That way it's not a bunch of jarring changes all the time. That would probably be for the best. I think so. I think that that helps a lot of people transition a lot easier. And uh, 
it definitely helps with older channels too that feel like they're kind of in mm-hmm. a rut. Absolutely. Like yeah. giving yourself a, a new breath of fresh air. Sometimes it's literally as simple as just like changing the look and uh, that can go a long way. Changing the content can go a long way as well. Definitely. Um, but once you have rebranded, like keep in mind, like branding really only works if you're consistent with it. So it's like you can't change it all the time. But like, you know, a year, year or so, maybe multiple years, and you feel like you need to change it, feel free to change it. Again, like we've discussed that that brands are not static and concrete. They change and evolve. Mm. Even major brands like change and evolve yeah. and update. Uh don't don't feel afraid to update and change up things if you if you if you need to as well. Definitely. I know with Parker specifically, like giving him that new channel banner to like really match the new like 80s aesthetic he was going for and like fixing up that that logo where it had the 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 background with the pink lines and the and the analog fuzz like went a long way into like kind of cementing parker with that nice like purple pink retro aesthetic look yeah so little things like that i like it uh that's pretty much all I have. I, I had forgotten that we didn't talk about rebranding, so I wanted to. Bring it, that it's up. one of those things yeah. where, like, we're, we we talked about branding and we've talked about rebranding our own stuff so much that it can be kind of hard to remember. But yeah, I mean, it, it it works in very similar ways. Fortunately, once you've like branded something, it gets a lot easier to to rebrand and and brand new things and all that kind of stuff later down the road. It really just comes down to like. It really comes down to, I think, like, figuring out your value proposition. So, like, what content do you do? How do you plan on delivering it? Uh, how How is it going to look visually, mm-hmm. right? That part of it, figuring that part, and then being consistent with it. So, being consistent video to video, tweet to tweet, all your platforms. Cohesion, mm-hmm. right? Value proposition and cohesion and consistency. Consistency. It's like those three things. So yeah. important. And everything with everything with <laughs> literally everything on social media you can't escape we could just it. call us another consistency podcast it's possible it really does seem to be the the magic wave your wand around answer yeah. So. but yeah that's cool. it that's all i have to talk about branding cool this is fun do we want to do comments hope you all enjoyed it yeah yeah let's do let's do some comments we got a <laughs> From episode 48, we didn't get anything on 49, no, did we? No, not yet. Okay, so it's just 49. 50 hadn't come out at the time of recording this. And we got four comments, four of them, back-to-back from Calfro. Uh-huh. And uh, how do we want to do this, exactly? Because I don't want to. I don't want us all to do all of them. Uh, like, I'll read the on. first one, you can read the second one. I'll read the third one, you can read the fourth one. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. So, we'll, we'll he starts this with, TikTok has zero good content. Be making points. Be making points. Uh, his second comment. Oh God, you mentioned me. Lord, no, that app is obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I'm thinking of revamping my approach to YouTube in general. What used to work for me is clearly not no longer working. With that said, I will not be moving to TikTok. I don't really want to support an app I can't stand. And then the final comment, and probably my favorite. Last comment. You guys use Ariana Grande as an example way more often than you may realize. I don't think everyone drinks Starbucks, <laughs> Aiden. I appreciate uh, that one a lot. That's my favorite one. That one's yeah. funny. 
first off, we can make it a tradition on the podcast where we talk about Ariana Grande every episode, and it wouldn't be that hard. I, we could we could flow it. Absolutely, into every we could have talked about Ariana Grande's brand today. Absolutely, she's wonderful. Pink ponytails, bubblegum pop, bad bitch. bad bitch. Love it. Yeah, love it to death. I do too. But uh, yeah, that part's easy. Uh, and then there's the whole TikTok conversation, and that's you know, if you don't want to do it, don't do it, man. Yeah, I just I you know, me and Zach just thought it'd be a good fit <laughs> for the type of shit you do. That's all I'm saying. It would kill it over there. TikTok is like, I don't know. It's like there's a lot of garbage. There's a lot of garbage. A lot of garbage everywhere. There's a lot of garbage you know? everywhere. Yeah, like there's a lot of garbage on YouTube. A lot of garbage yeah. on YouTube. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's a shit ton of garbage on YouTube. Like I see it every single day. I open up that dumb app. Like there's just garbage. The amount of the amount of thumbnails I see on YouTube on a given day versus the amount of actual YouTube content I watch is amazing. It's it's wild. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of bad TikTok content, but like there's some good some good shit too. It's, it's what's working in 2020. I mean, that's what we talked about in the episode, basically, was that kind of a new avenue, and it's kind of kicking a lot of ass right now, so it, it felt important to mention it. But we also mentioned that, like, short-form video in general mm-hmm. is a huge this thing. This is true. So, like, whether it's TikTok or somewhere else, it doesn't matter, but that's that's sort of where the trend's going. And now that I actually know how to edit, like, an Instagram video, I might be able to figure out other things. You could. Maybe potentially that'd be up um and then what do you think about the the third comment specifically about him revamping his approach to youtube in general? it's interesting uh it's super interesting he's done i mean over the last year max has done a lot of different things uh which has been really cool mm-hmm. like he's continued to kind of put out his traditional type of calfro comedy sketch mm-hmm. can you call them comedy sketch? i guess they kind of are content comedy shit it's, <laughs> he, he's got a very unique style of content which i personally really love and um it's it's been very interesting to kind of see how he grows those but also he came out with the don't live like me which are the shorter videos that he's able to put out a little bit more quickly um he's done a few live streams here and there and I don't think he's I don't think he's kind of enjoyed doing the live stream stuff as much from what I've seen. Uh, he's doing a podcast now too. Grow the frog. Oh, is he? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, it's a new anchor podcast. There's two. That's episodes. epic. I gotta listen to that shit. I haven't listened to it, but basically how he described it to me was like short little stories. Ooh. So okay. if you want to, if you want to, please check that out. Absolutely, definitely. I think that'd be wonderful. Definitely. But I think part of that is is what he was talking about here of like restructuring how he makes content. It's like Kafra at this point now has podcasts, live streams, obviously his Twitter meme material, and then two channels, the Kafra actual channel and the Max Minton channel that actually does the Don't Live Like mm-hmm. stuff. So it's separate in that aspect. And it's uh, where I feel like Kafra is very strong branding wise on like Twitter. Mm-hmm. I know who Kafra is on Twitter. I understand the type of appeal that Calfro on Twitter offers, you know, um, things like YouTube and, uh, and podcasting can be a little bit more difficult for him. Um, Definitely. But he also has like eight plus years of content, right? So it's hard to really get any of that to kind of cohese 
cohese together nicely. <laughs> it's not easy because I, I know what kind of creator he is. He's the kind of person that likes to experiment and do new things all of the time. And mm-hmm. I, from a viewer standpoint, like it's very entertaining. Um, but from like an algorithmic standpoint, it's very difficult to, you know, put him in a box. But I don't want to put him in a box, you know? I don't either. Like, yeah, I like the content I like what he's doing. Out. And so it's, I hope whatever he does figure out, whatever he does kind of, you know, in this, in whatever new direction he's trying to get into, like, I hope it doesn't take away from the charm of his current content because I think that's what I would it's, say. It's difficult as well. Yeah. It's like, don't please do not change the content that you're making. But like, if you want to, like the presentation and how you deliver that content, I think could be the an easy way to improve. I think if that's what you're looking for, like if you want the aim feedback, what would I do type shit? I would literally keep the content that you're already making, but just everything surrounding the presentation of it, the channel itself, the thumbnails, how you deliver that, etc. Mm-hmm. That I think would be the easiest to just in one night in Photoshop improve. <laughs> Just, yeah. like, work on thumbnails and that kind of thing. Yeah. The channel and the banner. Because it's very clearly a channel from 10 plus years ago. That's fair. You know? And that kind of creates the vibe of, like... It's tough because, like, shit posting as an aesthetic, you want to kind of have that, but you also don't want it to look like MS Paint nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that would be where I would go with it if I, w- if I was him. I'd still continue to do the podcast. I'd still continue to do Twitter, but like try to figure out the the YouTube presentation side of things a little bit more. And do TikTok. No, you don't have to do TikTok. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, if you want to, that's up to you. TikTok. But I don't know. What would you do? What would you do? I'm just offering. I'm just offering advice. I'm trying to. It's hard to say what he's actually going to do, but like, yeah, I, it's I'm just trying to say things. No, I, I, it's tough. It's tough because like we, we give advice on the podcast and we want people to like kind of improve, uh, you know, their kind of their channels and their presentation and, you know, branding and all this kind of stuff. But like there come certain creators where it's hard for me to give the same advice because I don't want it to hurt their actual content. And Cal sure. is like one of those people where it's like, he makes such a unique style of content. And I'm not trying to kiss this dude's ass. Like, I don't want to do that. This bovine, hairy asshole. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but like his type of content is so unique and it's such like, like I don't want it to, to change because us two guys on a podcast were talking about ways you could improve your YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's no room for improvement whatsoever. Like finding right. new ways to put out more content. That would probably be like my number one, you know, kind of thing. Or if not that, like look at the channels that you watch that have, you know, maybe content every few months or every month or whatever it may be. And then kind of do similar things like they do. Try to work on the thumbnails. Try to work on the titling, uh, the SEO, anything like that. Maybe that can help. Um, but yeah, it's 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 tough, for sure. 
it's hard to say for sure because like this is very much a an advice centric podcast but when it comes to people that you personally know it's hard to be like you should do this and this is like i have ideas for everybody mm-hmm. but that don't mean that my ideas are a great fit as well depending on what they want to do and where they're coming at it from you know yeah yeah this is, this is so it's always it's, it's always knowing like we're never gonna know the whole thing of it which is well, I'd be interested in a follow-up comment if you do decide to change anything or if you go anywhere. Like, let us know what that was like because I'm interested in, in a follow-up for sure. But, uh, yeah, no, very great comment. Very hilarious comment with the Ariana Grande stuff and the TikTok stuff. Uh, hope the channel revamping thing goes goes okay as well. Thank you for the comments, sure. Calvro. Always appreciate, appreciate it, big it. boy. Big cow man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think that's that's all we got. If you guys want to leave comments as well, guess what? You can, you can check out the YouTube channel or you can email us at uh, another Y2 podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Comments, suggestions, death threats, whatever you're feeling. Like, we're here. Topics. We got you. Topics. We knew new topics. I know it's wild and that we keep mentioning that, but like... You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at how often we need new topics. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you to our sponsor, Awesome Creator Academy, as well. And hey, like we mentioned at the start of the episode, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so. It'll help us kind of get things back in shape as we uh, try to make things a little bit more consistent and stuff. In the meantime, huh. I've been Aiden. I've been Zach. And we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of another YouTube podcast. Bye, bye now. Bye. Bye, bye now. Bye. You can leave now. See you later. All right. Goodbye. All right.